the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. That's right, I'm the Bowtie Guy, and this is the Mess It Up Podcast one more time. We are here with show 96. It's hard to believe that we're closing in on 100, and uh, I'm just super, super excited about going into triple digits with it. Uh, When I first started this, double digits was cool, and now we're coming up on triple digits, and it's just fantastic to be close to 100. I am joined here today by my friend Andrew, who has been on the show before uh, with uh, his wife a couple weeks ago, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So anyhow, say hi to the people again, Andrew. Hey, people. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) um, we're going to be talking today about um, a variety of things, but one of them is uh, the fact that Andrew uh, leads worship for us at uh, Celebrate Recovery, and um, that's how we kind of got to know each other was through music. So that's going to be the gist of most of what we're talking about today, but I do want to remind us about our word of the week. And I don't just pick these things willy-nilly. It's not indiscriminate, and that is our word of the week this week, is indiscriminate. And uh, so, you know, I I try not to give a, like a dictionary, uh, what do you call it, definition, I guess, of the the words, but I'm going to do it here. Uh, It says that it's uh, done at random or without careful judgment, and I just think willy-nilly when I think indiscriminate, just like, you know, haphazard or whatever. So if you can use the word in your sentences this week, you get 10 points per use. And I'm talking to you, Patrick. Uh, Go for it. Bring it on. (laughs) Let me see what you got. Try your best. Um, And uh, have fun with that word of the week. Yeah, I tried to get Paul to change the word of the week to match the song of the week, but... He, I could vouch for the fact that it's not indiscriminate. <laughs> nice. Wow. See, you were able to use it, Andrew. You're very oh, clever bingo. that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we are sitting here on, uh, this is Super Bowl Sunday as we record this, and um, I just got done with church, and we did some worship, and we did worship yesterday uh, at the prison with my guys, and Friday, Andrew and I did some worship for Celebrate Recovery, and you can check that out, by the way. If you look up RCA Church. Celebrate Recovery. Uh, you can watch what we do and 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 hear our um, our messages as well as the worship that Andrew leads so dutifully every single week. Um, so check that out if you want to. We also have some uh, some social media stuff that we do with the podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, Facebook, and. MySpace. MySpace. Yes. Check out that MySpace, people. We're trying to bring MySpace back. We're going retro with the podcast. We also have a subreddit account, um, which is Messed Up Ministries on uh, Reddit. So check that out and, you know, get into the discussion. Uh, it's uh, it's lonely typing at Starbucks um, each week and putting things in and then not getting anybody responding back. I don't know if I'm being too vanilla or if uh, everybody disagrees or agrees or if they're just not there. So let me know you're there. Uh, You can agree with me, disagree with me, whichever. It's just more fun to have people conversing back and forth than nothing. So uh, check out those different things. That'd be great. Uh, So now on with the show, as they say. Uh, Andrew, I want you to tell, I don't remember exactly what we talked about the first time you were on the show with your history, but just to kind of give people a brief overview, uh, and it might be a review or it might be the first time, uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your past with uh, music and education and all that kind of stuff. 
So I started piano lessons around fourth grade. I was kind of a late starter compared to... That's just what I thought. Uh, yeah, a lot of my cousins had been playing up to that point for better part of four years or so. So they Why started... Why the late start? I'm not sure, honestly. I mean, part of it's related to my upbringing, I guess. Like, my parents weren't huge on bringing us to extracurriculars and stuff like that. Uh, my brother says to me a lot of the times, our parents always got to see your marching band things but never went to any of my tennis games. And so, like, he's like, you better feel special. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, fourth grade started piano lessons and because I was like, well, all my cousins do it. I should do it. Okay. And then come middle school, uh, all my cousins stopped. And I was the only one. And you kept on going. <laughs> and I kept going. Um, just kept going. Did you enjoy it all, always, or was it no. a chore? Uh, around, I think, seventh grade, I, I told my mom, like, Mom, I, I'm getting bored. I, I don't want to do the piano stuff anymore. Yeah. This is annoying. Like, I don't know why. I, like, I didn't. I wasn't motivated. Yeah, I didn't like it yeah. at all. I, I started in uh, second grade and did not like it. And then by the time I hit junior high, I'm, like, playing these classical pieces and etudes and I'm wanting to play like Ozzy Osbourne on the piano it just was like my my last piano teacher tried bless her soul she she got a rock music book for me and I, I remember the last thing that I played with a piano teacher was um uh another brick in the wall nice. uh, by Pink Floyd and, <laughs> and I remember having that and thinking okay well this might be cool and then I was just like no I just want to rock out is that when you picked up bass or? No, actually, no. I, I uh, at that point I was in junior high. I dropped violin and piano because they were decidedly not cool, and I went instead with the, the clarinet because that was I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I wanted to be. I think the band was more cool than the, the orchestra was at that point, and clarinet could lead into saxophone, which you could play in a band uh, of, of rock variety, although I was still Mr. Metalhead guy. Um, the bass didn't come along until I was an adult. Really? Actually, yeah. Uh, I, I, I tinkered around on all the different instruments, but I didn't actually play a bass. I got my bass. Um, my brother bought one when uh, I was in college, and then he left it at home, so I would just kind of tinker around on it, you know, play with records, and try to teach myself what to do, and being a violinist, I knew that it was reverse of the violin, so I knew the, the structure of the notes and the fingering. I just had to get my brain to think differently. Uh, but I would just start playing along with records and, and trying things. So I was the dumb kid who decided he wanted to play bass by playing along with uh, Rush albums and trying to emulate Geddy Lee, who, you know, I mean, you should lower your, your standards. Start more like, if, if you're starting on bass, <laughs> I recommend start off with, you know, some, some flea from punk, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, some, some punk music. You know, start with the Ramones or something that's just, you know, maybe speedy in 16th notes, but it's uh, not really technical. So, so I did that, um, and I got a little bit dexterous doing that, but uh, then I put it down until, gosh, after I got out of uh, jail until I picked it back up again because they needed a bass player in the uh, the church band. And so I was in my 30s mm. when I picked it. And I had to I had to take stickers, put them on my uh, fretboard, and then on the, the uh, music, we were just reading chords, and 
I would put on there above the note, so it would say like a, an E, and I would put like one zero, which meant first string, no fret. And so I would put the, the a number of the string and the number of the fret on all my music because I didn't know what I was doing. It was just so horrible. And then eventually it all started coming back to me. That's a, that's a great idea, actually. Like I started thinking because I've been wanting to learn guitar. And I'm like, how will I do that but read the chords and yeah. and remember the you know the, the fingerings and the voicings? Right. Did, did you ever play a, a string instrument? I can play like... You know that song from the movie Juno? No. So there's a song from the movie Juno that has two chords that I could play on acoustic, and that's it. Okay. So on violin, uh, if you look at young violinists, there's no frets on the violin. So you have to know where to put your fingers. So the violin teachers would always take this colored tape uh, and put it on the fretboard so you'd know where to put your finger for each note before you're, until your fingers got the muscle memory to learn where it was. So that's what I, I stole that idea and just put stickers on my bass to uh, to know where to hit the notes, <laughs> and every once in a while, I'll still do that when I have a song that's a little more technical. Um, I'll put little stickers not on the fret that shows outward to the audience, but where I'm looking down at it, so I can see. Okay, I've got to slide up to here and and do this, which is why I generally, if you watch me play bass, I usually only use one finger and I stay on the bottom two strings. I try not to slide around too much and do stuff because I just don't want to think. <laughs> I prefer not to think. It explains more now. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm making a lot more sense in, in the world. Yeah. Oh, he's not thinking. <laughs> Easy route. So anyhow, I've hijacked your story. So you started, you were, uh, uh, you kept on playing through. Did you ever quit or did you keep going? So I kept going. So started fourth grade, did, uh, you know, picked up saxophone in middle school. So I played saxophone for the band there. And then uh, played piano in the jazz band for eighth grade. And come high school, well, I stopped piano lessons once I jumped into high school. Um, but um, the band director at my high school was like, you play piano? Okay, you need to play piano in my jazz band. So mm-hmm. I played piano there. Um, but then I was in all the music groups, all the everything, music everything. I wanted to be a music teacher. And that was my dream back in high school was, okay, graduate, go to college for teach music and then you know become a music teacher yeah that was the dream I was in every single music group and my senior year came around and and I got bored of all the instrumental music stuff and I was like well let me try show choir (laughs) and uh, that's where I ended up meeting uh, Giselle which I think I so you didn't do you didn't do choir until your senior year yep Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I had a AP Music Theory senior year when they finally offered AP it. AP Music Theory? Yeah. Holy mattress. I did not know. When I was in school, we had AP Biology, AP History, and AP Math. Yeah, like the core. That was it. Courses. That was the three classes right. that you could take. Yeah, no, they have AP everything now. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, but AP Music Theory, the choir director was teaching it. And he knew I was a drum major. He knew I was all these different things that I was music magic person. <laughs> and and uh, one day I just walk into his office. I'm like, hey, uh, can I join the show choir? I'm a bit bored. And then he said, oh, well, you need to talk to the band director. I don't want to steal you. Yeah. And basically he said yes without thinking, without auditioning. And people were asking, well, how did you audition? Was the audition like, I didn't audition. He just said, yes, just check if it's okay. Um, Yeah, that's kind of my history there. Um, Then after that though, around 
around this time of year, actually, my senior year uh, was when the auditions were for universities to get into the music program, stuff okay. like that. So I auditioned for piano, and well, the place I I auditioned at Cal State Fullerton, where I went to college. Go Titans. Go Titans. And uh, well, they were looking for classically trained pianists that have been you know, playing since they were two or yeah. in the womb and they have awards already and I'm like, uh, okay. But basically they just turned me down and being the angsty teenager I Did was. Did you know that going into the audition that they were looking for that? Okay, not at all. so you didn't no. have to build up this horrible feeling of going in there and dragging your knuckles. You just found yeah. out after the fact? I, saw, I auditioned and they were like, oh, are you auditioning for like saxophone or voice or something? And I said, no. And they said, oh, you should maybe do that instead. <laughs> oh. And I just told them like, well, I want to do piano. I, I don't want to play saxophone in college. Like I wanted to, I was the piano guy in high yeah. school, but I was just a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the story there. So I basically gave up on music once I went into college. Um, I was fortunate that my, uh, my then girlfriend, Giselle, she's now my wife, uh, she told me like, well, maybe join the choir or something. So my high school teacher actually went to Cal State Fullerton too and said, Hey, talk to so-and-so and maybe you could join the choir or something to okay. at least have that outlet. Yeah. So that happened off and on throughout college. Uh, so I, that's where I kind of grew my singing chops, if you will. Okay. While, uh. My piano chops were kind of just not there. Like, I got rid of my piano and all that stuff. I told my mom, oh, just give it to your church. Your church needs it. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I'm done. And had I was lost for a while. Did some soul-searching and trying yeah. to figure out, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I realize now that you're never going to answer that question. You're no. always going to keep asking that question. Well, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> if, if you settle on an answer, I, I see that as very... Um, very sad, it, it, you know, to get pigeonholed. Yeah, there's no, there's no new, and there's no change, and that kind of ties in well to you know the the living word of God, right? It's ever changing and ebbing and flowing, and yeah, and growing, and that's something in hindsight. Like that's really what drew me back to music, and that's you know it was all in God's plan. Yeah, yeah, he had you, he had you tethered to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is uh, the fun way that I decided to bring it in. I, I told Andrew I was going to bring it in all corny radio style because he chose the song of the week, which is uh, from Phil Wickham. It's called Tethered. And I was thinking, okay, I have to do this. And then I was looking, and I was like, how was I going to bring it? What was my corny thing? And then I looked, and I thought, for some reason, I went to the word of the week. And I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not doing the word of the week, but it's, <laughs> it's tethered. So now my corny intro has completely bombed. Uh, but we are going to take just a little bit of a uh, break here to listen to this song. We'll come back on the other side to tell you uh, our thoughts about this song. Um, but this right now is the song Tethered by Phil Wickham.
It's, it's really interesting how this song got chosen for this um, podcast. Uh, I was up at Andrew and Giselle's house uh, a while back, a couple, I don't know, it was a week or so ago, and quite frequently at their house, they will have the TV on playing worship music. And Andrew was changing Grayson or giving him a bath or something like that, and I was out in the front talking to Giselle, and this song was playing on the TV, and I was like... Oh, that is a great song. I'm going to pick that song for a podcast soon. And then Andrew's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this podcast. And so it, it's just, this was not indiscriminate. This was <laughs> discriminate that we would choose this song. So, Andrew, tell us about why this song. So this song, uh, I had it all in my head, and then it just... Boom. Um, that is the story. Well, one of the stories of mine. That's a chapter of the story of my life. <laughs> well, I think since we're on that subject of worship, I know we talked a lot about music and my background in music. Um, but something that's just so powerful about this song and just what Phil Wickham does with the sing-alongs. I don't know if you've, uh, if you ever get the chance, make sure to check out the other songs in all these albums. They're great. And the reason being that it's literally just acoustic guitar and a voice and that's it yeah and there's always this misnomer that oh you need a full band for the spirit to come out and and for you to experience god and you don't even need instruments you know you don't need the music so a lot of people think and i know i'm kind of jumping the gun no that's okay but that's uh because we're going to talk about you know my understanding and my beliefs surrounding worship but it's you know it's the fact that worship isn't just music it's literally doing service uh to you know to worship god so in his glory or doing things in his name right Mm -hmm. so if you're a greeter at your church you're doing worship right there yeah you know that's that's the beauty of this particular song and why i chose it now if we're to talk about the song itself uh I really enjoy the chorus where it just says, I just want my life mm-hmm. to ever be entwined with you and tethered to your heart, right? And I want my soul to ever stand in awe of you and tethered to your heart, right? So it's just, that's so powerful, right? Yeah. Like, that's the feeling you get and you experience and you just want to keep feeling it. And if you stop feeling it, you you feel lost. Yeah. Yeah, to be in awe, I, when I'm in nature, especially in the mountains uh, and forests, I feel the presence and the awe and wonder of God more than almost anywhere else. I just, I look at mountains and I just am in awe and it just makes me, it makes me feel small in a really good way because I see the greatness, the grandeur, the hugeness of what God is. And it lets me know if he can do this, my stuff is small. It's just not, I don't want to say it's inconsequential, but it's not that important because it doesn't, it doesn't cause problems for God to fix my problems. God's got this. So 
overly done. And yet that's exactly where I went to is that, that chorus there too. It's just, I want my soul to stand, ever stand in awe of you. I don't want to lose that awe. I don't want to get out of it. I want to come back in and just get knocked back into that, that feeling of awe because it's, to me, it's indescribable. And that's why the, the indescribability of it is why I'm such a huge fan of shared experience because I can't describe it. I can't say it. And that frustrates me to not be able to articulate what it is. It's like, it's this. Look. <laughs> feel this. And, and that's so much easier for me to let God do it. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, and, and it's funny because Andrew said, you know, I want this version of the song. I want this acoustic version and the small version of it. And I think you, you mentioned the, the mis- uh, understanding of, of needing the huge band for the spirit to come and I think a lot of times especially in the charismatic movement and Pentecostal churches adrenaline and Holy Spirit can be confused and I don't think they're interchangeable that uh, the spirit can come when there's adrenaline the spirit can come when there's not uh, and quite frequently for me the spirit comes when there's not and thank goodness because I'm not followed by a band throughout my life and I'm not <laughs> followed by a large mass of people sometimes I'm driving down the road by myself and I get visited and, and that's that's a huge blessing to me so um, not to discount that God can be there in the chaos and the craziness and, and you know 50,000 instruments playing on Hillsong fill in the blank but he can also be there with a dude and a guitar and I know Personally, with a bunch of guys in a prison with just voices and no instruments whatsoever, uh, that he can be there. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great reminder. Um, so, going back to your 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 journey here with worship, um, before we get too far into that, I want to run a little bit on just something. This is just my own curiosity. You were you were trained, um, and I'm guessing like most piano trainings you're you're reading music right and now you do chords and you talked about doing your your ap music theory class and whatnot which i'm where did you are you a chord guy or a music guy now i'm a chord guy a chord guy when did that happen (laughs) um that's a great question so back in about seventh grade uh, I was still classically trained, so I needed sheet music, and uh, that's when I was highly active in youth group, and uh, I wanted to play in the worship team for youth group, and the, you know, the older teenager in charge of the worship team just told me, oh, it's not going to work, like, you don't do chords. Yeah. And I couldn't, for the life of me, figure it out. So it just took years of just doing music, and eventually I realized like I would listen to songs and just try to play it by ear yeah and over time that just evolved into okay well that's what this chord is or that's what this chord chart means when you need to play the C over E like what does that slash mean I have no clue before but now I just understand like oh so it really just took a culmination of years of experience before it just clicked for me. Yeah, and it's so much, and that's what I love about playing bass is like, you know, I was piano, then I was violin, then I was clarinet, and it's all music, it's all notes. And um, that switch, and when you talked about going into jazz band, I'm thinking, okay, jazz is, is more chord structure and free and not written out 
play this note at this time for this length. Um, and, and I loved when I finally understood jazz and I broke away from the structure, the rigidity of classical music to be able to explore the space within the sound rather than just repeat what this person, and, and not that there's, I mean, there's beautiful things about classical music as well, but to be able to say, I want you to do it your way with this thought. And, and so I love playing bass. It's like, okay, E, I'm going to play an E. I don't have to think about the rest of it in the chord. <laughs> so my, the consequentially, my music theory has gone out the window. I, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you now, like people say, well, what key is it? And I have no idea my keys anymore. I What's don't, on the paper? I don't know the difference between minor and major in terms of being able to tell someone, I think you dropped the fourth or something like that, but I don't know. Um, so well, I, I've lost me. all my music <laughs> uh, theory has gone out the window, but but I do love that idea. And, and I love the fact that, you know, Andrew and I could just play with each other because all we need is just those chords and he could just say, hey, we're doing this pattern. Okay, cool. And my son-in-law, Dave, intern Dave, takes it even to a further thing because he has no training whatsoever. So he doesn't know necessarily the notes and stuff that he's playing. He's more of a shapes kind of guy. It makes me think a little bit of friends when Phoebe's teaching Joey, you know, old lady, turkey leg, and this kind of, and, and that's what Dave says, oh, I'm just playing the shape. And this is the shape that I make and, and go through. I was like, oh, that's so brilliant and so simple, but it, it I can't do it. It works great for him. So, yeah, anyhow, I, I love to, you know, get a little geeky with, with you with music. Um, but so, uh, so you've, you've gone to college. Uh, you did not get a music major. Did you have a music minor by any chance? Or? Nope. No. Okay. It's too so, difficult. So just... you decided to do what as a grown-up? So ultimately, I ended up graduating with a degree in electrical engineering. So, so. you're an engineer. Yes, sir. And your, uh, <laughs> your cultural heritage is... I'm I'm Filipino. Filipino, so, so Asian, so Asian. an Asian engineer at Cal State Fullerton. I mean, that's like one of those huge Very. shock things. Yeah, it's like you must have felt <laughs> like a, a fish out of water there, huh? <laughs> Interestingly, there weren't many Filipinos. Not a lot. No, yeah. uh, when I was there, and uh, Andrew and I also share uh, alumni status with Cal State Fullerton. I was there in the late '80s and then early '90s, and back then we had a thing. And for you kids, this is a strange thing. It was called a phone book. They printed it on paper, and it had people's names and addresses and phone numbers on it. And the student phone book had three pages of the name Smith. It had four pages of the name Nguyen. And uh, I was like, wow, there are a lot of Asian engineers on campus here. And, and that's we, were, we had a, just a ton of <laughs> Vietnamese uh, folks right. there uh, doing the sciencey stuff yeah so engineer and was that uh, a, a sub interest of yours was it begrudging or is like I've got to do something I'll try this I just kept shooting different directions so I was like okay well my mom tried at first convinced me oh become a doctor study biology so I went in first day of bio class i'm like i hate biology why am i here <laughs> so i dropped that class and kind of just kept dabbling forward well i'm good with math so let's maybe a math teacher and then i could study music later and then become a music te teacher after getting my foot in the door and yeah you keep coming back to this idea of teacher yeah uh what was it about a teacher that intrigued you or called to you 
I loved to help people and I love to help people and in a way I'm able to do that with my actual job now as an engineer and also serving in ministry so ultimately I think you know that thirst for you know helping people and using my music for something to help people yeah kind of really was God's vision for me and he ended up bringing my wife and I out to out to where we live in the lovely little Ridgecrest and yeah and you know we can have our true dream and yeah and really you know looking back again it's like well I've always wanted to do this but I never had the chance and moving up here we've been given that chance and it's really within his plan and not mine it's so cool I've, I've known you now for gosh this is our third year of knowing each other fourth year of knowing each other it'll be yeah three years three years and um having you on my podcast i'm learning things that i didn't know it's, uh, <laughs> i need to have everybody is invited to come on the podcast so i can get to know you a little bit better um so when you came to uh, Ridgecrest and started going to church there, we talked about this with you and Giselle, you came and, and I heard that you played music and my ears picked up and I was like, oh, I need music for Celebrate Recovery and so brought you in to do that. And then that just started this beautiful ministry that we're able to yep. do together. Um, what was what was that like to you as you started coming and playing um, how did that feel? Did that feel like, uh, I don't want to say arriving, but, but stepping into the fringes of that dream that you had had before? Did it feel like you were coming back to where you thought? Was it intimidating? Was it exciting? Was it daunting? Was it... It's kind of interesting. So I know that a lot of people tend to say like, oh, like smack and I experienced God and now I'm always changed. And mm. for me, I think it was just a... You know, a, a chorus that was building and yeah. building and building. Interesting and that you'd say a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it it was a building sort of thing, right? So when I first came in, I was like, well, I know this is the right thing to do. I'm trying to make things right with God. Like we, we got married and all these things. And so we're trying to make things right. Mm-hmm. So this is the right thing to do. So I really didn't know what to expect. And was it... Because I presume, because I'm almost positive I presented it this way, as a stepping stone to Sunday worship. I don't recall that being the case. I was just like, I get to play music and there it is. that's okay. it. You know, yeah. I wanted... Have piano will travel. Yeah, I needed yeah. music because I, I mentioned that I'd had men's chorus or I, I did choir in college. So that was my music outlet back then. But whenever I had a semester that or even a year where I had no musical outlet and I was miserable. Yeah. So I, I needed that. Well, and it's, you know, I always, my family was a, a puzzle building family and uh, Bev loves puzzles. My son-in-law, Chad, always, there's, I, I can't think of a time where there wasn't a puzzle going at his house in the almost 20 years they've been married. And um, that last piece, you know, putting the piece in the puzzle and completing it just feels so awesome. And I remember playing music. I was playing music with uh, my friend Mark, uh, guitar Mark, played with us for a long time. And Dave was there and he was playing drums. And then the first night you came in, me and Mark and Dave were all just like, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> now it feels complete. The circle is, is closed and it just felt like, okay, we've got 
this now. This was really good. And you were just so amiable and um, willing to just do whatever. And, and that group of musicians, you know, Dave never tells anybody how to do it. He's just like, what do you want? Okay, I'll try it that way. And you're that way. And I am no, you know, <laughs> rock star. So I'm always willing. And, you know, Mark always knew what was going on with stuff, but it was just, it was really just clicked. And then as uh, other people started falling away from the band for, you know, different reasons and, and moving and whatnot. And now it's, it's down to just you and I, and it's still clicks. It's just, um, you know, we don't do a lot of rehearsing. And people might say, yeah, we can tell, but I think it's because I think it works without, you know, just tons of rehearsal. We're not aiming for perfection. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we're aiming for worship and, and you bring that. And, and I don't know if that's, it's nice for me because I just show up on Friday night and Andrew says, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, amen, brother. And I don't know how you're, <laughs> do you have a process for planning out? Because I know you go. There, it's not indiscriminate how you choose your songs. There's some thought process behind it because I've I've seen that you've come with things and say, okay, I got this, this, and this. Do you have a a formula that you use or a, a, an approach to how you build a worship set? That's an interesting question. I started as you were asking, I was like, oh, he's going to ask that question, and I don't <laughs> have an answer for him. Um, uh, no answer is an answer. Right. Well, if I think about it out loud and just kind of go through my process, the first thing I really do is if there's a song that's just speaking to me, I'm like, that's a song we need to do, uh -huh. period. Um, the other thing you, know, you always need to consider is, like, who's going to have a voice, right? If, if you're sick or if I'm sick or if Bev's sick, we need to know who can actually sing. Uh-huh. So then choosing the songs for that person or those people that can lead. And if you listen on Facebook, there's three different voices going on. We all have three very different styles. Andrew has range like Texas. <laughs> and Bev is very, um, you know, she's got that alto tenor voice. And she sings in a very specific spot for very, you know, and she loves to harmonize. And then I'm the bar band, you know, just gravelly scratchy the notes aren't always on key and and sometimes i have to take a break and listen to you know the interlude for a while to find out where the note is so i don't come in on the wrong key uh so it's a very different set of tools that you're working with there on that yeah so picking the making sure who can sing the songs and knowing what songs they know mm -hmm. is part of it um I do love making it either connect to the message or if it's a testimony night, I'll reach out to the person that's speaking and be like, hey, is there one, yeah, a song that speaks to you? The, the worship always feels uh, intentional to me. It feels like it's with purpose. And yeah. I love how connected it is. It just I love when it tells a story, right? Mm -hmm. And it really connects to everything else and having that intentionality is important otherwise it's very haphazard and well and, and you did something this last friday uh we're sitting there we we, we played our songs we did our, our set uh, to practice and then we played our first song so our, our our pattern is we play a song and then we do announcements and then we come down off the stage and uh some other people come up and they read the 12 steps or the eight principles and so we're sitting there I get Andrew in my ear. We're switching the order of the songs. 
And so he decided we were going to switch the order of the songs. And I didn't ask you why, but I know you had a reason for that. And, I mean, do you remember what your reasoning on that was? There's a... It's hard to describe. It's one of those things, Paul, but it's also just... There's this feeling I get sometimes where, like, this is the one we need to end with, yeah. so we need to switch them. And that's yeah. what happened is our third song in the set where I started thinking, like, this one's more powerful than the fourth one. I didn't feel... Yeah. energy yeah, or drive in tune with the spirit there yeah so i was like you know what i think i think i'm being told we need to switch these songs and for me as a uh a ministry leader to have someone who's willing to do this for me and that i can just when you're able to do ministry with people you trust it's so easy you don't i don't have to think all right what is the ulterior motive here and i've been in situations where a person would do something like What's the deal? Why are you doing this? And I've played worship with people who are like, just, all right, I'm scrapping this song. We're doing this song instead, right in the middle. It's like, why? What is that? And I don't, but with you, I'm just like, cool. All right. You know better than I do. And, yeah. and you're, you've got that in tuneness with, with God and the spirit on worship. And it's just, it's fantastic. Um, so, man, we're running so far along. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to do a second show on this. But I, I want to just ask you, what is it about the difference between music and worship music? What, what is that for you? That's the... That's the tough question to, to answer because I know that there's a lot of people that just, like I said at the beginning or earlier on, that, you know, there's this misnomer of, you know, worship is music, and that's, that's not the case, right? But the whole worship music piece, and it, it's all about, you know, setting that setting that foundation or that place for people to feel safe and for people to to know that it's okay to to cry or it's okay to reach out and reach out your arms and making that environment where the spirit can and come out mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to need a big old band it doesn't you just need to like well i i guess i kind of I'm thinking back to when I led worship at a men's event and a lot of times when people after I've led worship and I know I've done a good job and so on and I always point out like it's him it's not me it's it's these are all gifts from him and at a men's event you know a lot of our men at our church are you know construction workers stuff like that and i i just said like oh it's all him and he's like oh thank you for being the conduit for <laughs> for the spirit right so it's being that's that's the difference right between music and worship music is that it's that connection it's that tethered yeah. being tethered to the spirit to god and like you can't summon it you can't there's no special way there's no like these are the steps to do it it just happens and really you need the, you just need that faith and you need that prayer you need you need that willingness and openness and without any of that you can't create that connection yeah and it's never been a show I mean, the only time it's ever been a show with you is when we do our special things on holidays and you know we we do it as a show 
But when we're doing worship, I, I just I've never gotten the impression that you are, um, in the show choir, uh, and and just trying to impress people with a show. Right. You're just ushering people into the presence of God and, and giving them the lay of the land and say, hey, here it is. We're going to be here. There's going to be some noise going on, but feel free to roam about your spirit. Uh, and, and I love that. I, I think that's just really, uh, it's excellent. Um, so thank you. And, and thank you for being here. And uh, I think we're going to break another record here. I, mean, I, I thought it was Giselle, but apparently <laughs> it's Andrew. Me. Andrew's been on the two longest shows we've done, so it, it's got to be Andrew. Um, you know you're what just they too interesting. Say. Well, they always say that the person that's quiet in, you know, larger groups tends to talk a whole lot more. And as much as I know this is going out to a lot of people, it just feels like a conversation right. between two people. And I always heard the person who's quiet in large groups is a, a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee that's not that's the case. That's not the case. Okay, good. We're safe. Perfect. Uh, well, I want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, our... Um, our podcast and ways to help the podcast. The number one thing you can do for this podcast is to give us a rating on wherever you're listening to it. And if you're listening to it in a place you've already rated there, go somewhere else and rate it. Uh, so we love ratings on iTunes, on uh, SoundCloud, on Spotify. Um, uh, ratings are great. And then reviews are also outstanding. Uh, someone was asking me uh, last week about the ratings. They said, well, what if you just type in? And so I just did, a, I demonstrated for them what ratings can do for you. And we don't have a lot of recent ratings, so when I typed in Christian Recovery in the podcast on iTunes, we didn't come up in the first 20 hits. We had to go searching for more stuff. So we'd love for people to be able to find the podcast, and you can help us out more than anything else by uh, continuing to listen, but also to give ratings and reviews uh, so that we'll come up higher on those um, searches. Also, if you'd like to help the show financially, for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron of the show uh, by going to messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron uh, button there, and then it'll take you to our Patreon page. We have $1, $5, $10, and $25 monthly subscriptions that you can do. And the show is always free, but by, by becoming a patron, you're just uh, saying that you want to help out the show uh, financially and keep us uh, going, pay for the uh, the bandwidth and the hosting and all that kind of stuff. We really greatly appreciate that. And like I always say, if everybody uh, gave a dollar, it would be amazing. And um, so I encourage you to try a dollar. Uh, sign up for a dollar. If it if it doesn't work for you, I'll give you your dollar back. Um, but if it does work, um, outstanding. And thank you for that. So love to see you on Patreon. If you want to email me, I'm Guy at messituppodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Reddit, all those other places, MySpace. And then also if you want to just email the show with your show ideas um, or song ideas, you can uh, email info at messituppodcast.com and intern Dave will get all that stuff taken care of. And I can say this, if you go back and watch uh, the Celebrate Recovery Facebook page for Friday night, which was January the 31st, uh, we played a song on there called Run to the Father, which we had requested by Brendan, who's a listener of the show and who was a guest on the show. So, you know, it all comes around and when works together. So I thank you all, the listeners, for all that stuff that you're doing, and that's just outstanding. Uh, any final sh uh, parting shots for us, Andrew? 
Thanks for sticking around. I appreciate it. We will see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.